this morning as we, as we do, as we celebrate Jesus. Last week we talked about from the perspective of, of Joseph and what the angel of the Lord did from the perspective of Joseph. So I want, to, I want to continue reading this morning out of Matthew 1 again, 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about in Jewish custom, there were three stages in the Jewish custom of the Jewish wedding. They didn't just get engaged and then they went a year or so. And then, you know, if we decided to break up, it was okay because nothing was really gone at that point. Nothing changed. Um, When they became into the the engagement, quote unquote, mode, it was as good as a sealed deal. Um, In those days, um, things would have been traded. uh, Things would have happened that would have really began to seal the deal. And it was a process to get to the marriage altar or the marriage bed, so to speak, later on down the road. But what we're talking about here is is something happened way before that. Matthew uh, 119, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not willing to make her a public example or have her put to death. Again, under Jewish custom. That could have happened because how could you explain somebody being with child and saying, I've never been with a man. I've never done those kind of things. The likelihood that anybody around would believe even Joseph in this time was going, okay, something's going on. I don't understand it. It goes against my customs. It goes against my beliefs. But when he thought on these things, God's faithfulness, then in your deepest, darkest moment of need, God can appear. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You ever had one of those moments where it's the deepest, darkest moment you've ever experienced? And in that moment, you're not hearing clearly? In that moment, you're not hearing God speak clearly. Anybody ever, ever had one of those weeks where you finally look at your wife or your wife looks at you and says, can anything else bad happen this week? And the first thing you say is, no, nothing worse. And then you go, wait a minute, God, please no, let nothing else happen. Because you know it can always be worse. But this week has been one of those weeks. A lot, of, a lot of doom and, and, and worry and, and fret for, for family members and, and, and friends that are going through some of the, the toughest things they've ever experienced in their lives. Physically, mentally. But I stand here today and as we watch that video, I'm reminded of all the names of our God. One of those being a wonderful counselor. And no matter where you're at this morning, he's here. Give me my water, Nellie. He's here as your counselor. It's not just his name. A lot of times in, in our culture, we just find a name and we go with it because we like the name. But in Jewish culture, the name could and probably would talk about their legacy. I mean, parents 
went and talked with grandparents and talked with family and, and went and, and, and found out, what do you want us to name this child? Because the name meant everything. So it wasn't just a coincidence that the, that the angel appeared to Mary and said, you've been chosen. You've been picked. You're highly favored among women. You've been picked to carry the child, the Son of God. And you will call him Jesus. There was a reason. When he talked to, to Joseph, he revealed his purpose to Joseph. What do you mean? What do you mean he revealed his purpose? Matthew 1, 21. And, G, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The name meant everything. The name foretold what he was about to do. God invaded human history to redeem his people. Thank God that God invaded. Because this morning, because of what he did, because Mary said yes, because Joseph heard from the Father and he said, I will do whatever you say as well. You're able to come in here this morning to approach the very throne of grace, to approach the very throne of God and have access to the power, to have access that you can come in. You don't have to go through a priest. You can approach. You can say, God, I need to hear from you today. God, I need you to reveal what you're wanting done to me today. Because even today, God speaks to you through visions, through dreams, through other people. In one part of the Bible, he even spoke through a donkey. God will reveal his purpose. God will reveal to you what his purpose is. But maybe we're not listening. Because maybe what God's saying to us is not coming the way that we think it should. God, you're, you should, you're revealing your purpose to me, but I know you won't talk through my 11-year-old daughter because she's just a kid. I know you won't talk to me through that neighbor of mine because, well, I'm holier than they are and they don't hear you. We need to have ears that are attentive. We need to slow down and hear. Because again, Joseph found out what was going on with Mary, then the angel appeared. It's crucial that you understand that. He didn't hear from the angel and then find out from Mary because it said he had to process these things because he wanted to push her out. And then the angel came. So just because you're in the moment that seems dark doesn't mean you're in the moment that God forgot to talk to you. You're in the moment that you're in the middle of this journey, that you finally get to a point that you say, God, I got nothing else to depend on. I mean, Joseph, he was having a life being built with this woman. And yet something happened that in the Jewish culture was a big deal. Bigger than we make it in today's culture. It was a big deal. But yet God said, Joseph, I got you. Don't, don't worry. Don't stress. Once he knew his, the purpose, his fears and doubts were gone. 
He had a choice. I'm telling you, God is speaking to you in ways that you're not paying attention to because he's talking to you every day. He's speaking to you with that still, small voice. But he's talking to you. Maybe it's coming in a way that you're not expecting. But he is talking. And if you listen, your worries and your fears will go away. Your worries and your fears will melt at the feet of Jesus when Jesus comes and he speaks to you to give you life. Fear not, for I have a purpose and a plan. God's speaking to you because God has a plan for you. It didn't just happen that Mary became pregnant and God goes, okay, what do I do now? Oh no, what are we going to do? Let's, let's last minute make a decision. No, he had a plan all along. Thousands of years before Jesus ever walked the face of the earth. Thousands of years before he was ever in the womb of his mother. God laid out the groundwork of a story that told of a soon coming king. Of a, of a story that soon would come your savior. That didn't come in what Israel expected it to be. With pomp and circumstance. With this big king that was born in a castle. That everything happened the way they had anticipated it to happen. But it happened the way God wanted it to happen. God will work out what he wants in your life. In his purpose and in his plan. You don't have to stress. As long as you're continuing to seek him. As long as you're trying, maybe you're not the best thing at hearing what God says. Just like a child's not really good at walking when they first learn to walk. Actually, they stink at it. And we could get frustrated. Why did you fall again? Are you dumb? Are you stupid? Get up. You can go a lot faster when you walk. What are you doing crawling again? But yet we know it's a process. And we thank God in the process that they're learning to hear. But yet if we mess up, if we're trying to hear and we, we, we're doing our part to hear and we mess up, we go, I guess I didn't hear anything, I just give up. And we walk away. And God's looking at you going, you're doing good. You tripped and failed, that's okay. Get up and stand up again. Because I'm going to continue to speak to you. And now you're going to know how to not fall on your face this way again. Instead of giving up and saying, I give up on religion, I give up on God, God hates me. Sometimes we need to look at ourselves and go, you know what, I might have missed this one. I might have missed this one. I am learning to hear the voice of God. I am learning to hear. Do you realize there's times I've, I've given what I felt was a word to somebody? And Manny and I had this conversation this week. I feel like God impressed me to say something to somebody. And I went up, and you're, you're on the front row. Anybody on the front row is, is the lucky recipient. And I give a word to somebody. Do you know what, what, what's happening? I feel like God said something to me. But guess what? It's going through my own brain. And I may miss the boat. And I look at them, and they give me this dazed and confused look. Oh, maybe I missed it. You know what I have to say? Man, I'm, I've got a word for you, but if I missed it, Throw it away. I'm good because I'm learning to hear the voice of the Father. 
You are learning to hear the voice of the Father. Don't give up when you make a mistake. Continue to push in. Continue to enter in. God is going to declare his word to you in your life and into the lives of those around you. But he had to get Joseph's attention. Just like he has to get your attention. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a true saying, to be completely accepted and believed. Christ Jesus, hope there's another name. Now he's not just Jesus, he's Christ Jesus. Came into this world to save sinners. And oh, by the way, I'm the worst of them. He wrote the books of the Bible. And yet he admitted in that moment, you know what? I'm the worst of them. Nobody's been worse than me. But yet God still used him. Thank God he didn't give up. Thank God he continued to push in. Thank God he allowed God, allowed Jesus to come in and invade his life. We get afraid that we're going to say something wrong. We get afraid that we're going to do something that's wrong. And so we operate in fear. But in the words surrounding Jesus' birth, fear not is mentioned four times. And he came to both the mom, the dad, but what I want to look at, he came to the shepherds. These guys literally stunk. If you've ever been around goats or sheep, my parents had goats for years. Male goats especially. The worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. It was horrible. So you'd go on the 4th of July or whatever to, to, to grill hamburgers out or to grill, to grill something, and the wind would kick up. And the smell that would come up was like, okay, I'm done eating now. I can't even eat the burgers because it just stinks. These guys, though, they lived in the fields. They were segregated from society because they didn't fit in. Anybody ever felt like you don't fit in? Anybody ever felt like no matter where you're at or what's going on, you're not fitting into to where you're at? Well, God didn't leave you nor abandon you. He's not forsaken you, just like he didn't forsake them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone over them, and they were terribly afraid. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I'm here with good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in, the, in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. He spoke to these angels. These angels spoke to these shepherds. But these shepherds were out in the middle of the field with just the starlight or maybe the moonlight. And it says the heavens were, were completely filled to the shepherds. Culture, again, the shepherds were way down here in the pyramid of the people. And yet God invaded their atmosphere. And not just with one angel. It says the heavens were filled with angelic hosts. Singing praises to God. He revealed himself to the shepherds. No matter where you're at. No matter where you feel at, you're at. In this cultural pyramid of life. 
God's telling you I'm right where you're at. My presence is real right where you're at. I'm speaking to you right where you're at. It doesn't matter your financial standing. It doesn't matter your job standing. It doesn't matter if your house is on the northeast, southeast, northwest, southwest, in the country. It doesn't matter if you live in Carter County, Love County, Murray County. It doesn't matter. I'm here for you. And I'm invading your presence because I want you to be the best that you can be for the world that you're in. He revealed to the angel, I mean, to the shepherds. Who else did he reveal first? Well, if we look here, he revealed to, to Mary and Joseph. But he revealed to the shepherds. The shepherds. How did they know? Because they were going to see the Messiah in a manger. It was revealed to them. God is revealing his purpose and his plan to you that through this holiday season, that through these holidays, you know that God is for you. He's not against you. He wants the best for you. 2020 might have stunk. But if nothing else, 2020 has given us clear vision to see God in a way that we've never seen God in a way move in our lifetime. Because we get to the end of the year every year. And this is my 42nd end of the year. And we get to the end of the year every year and we go, whew, we made it. Thank goodness nothing bad happened. But has anybody ever gotten to the end of the year and you go, whoa, man, we actually made it. We survived. There's food on the table. It's that kind of year. And yet God says, there's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be afraid. Because God has come into your world. God has invaded your world, where you're at as individuals. He came as, your, as a child, but he came as your Savior. He came as Emmanuel, God with us. Over 420 times in Scripture is the names of, of Jesus, of God, mentioned in Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament. Attributes of him are mentioned. These are not just things and appendages off of him. This is who he is. He is the Christ in the Greek language. He is the Messiah in Hebrew. He is the cornerstone. He is the son of David. He is both the son of man and the son of God. He is Lord and he is Savior. He is the great I am. He is the image of God. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between. He is the word of God, word written and word living. He is the word spoken at creation that brought everything into being. He is the last Adam and he is the second Moses. He is the living one. He is the amen, the period to every sentence in our life. He is the true light that enlightens every man. Those are just a brief of who our God is. It's a brief synopsis of who he is. For where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. So there's a lot of names here. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. There's a lot of, of names in the Greek and the Hebrew that I read and I go, okay, I have no idea what that means. But it says, then I will teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Christmas should remind us every year 
that God has a plan. But we've talked about all these names. But let's read on in Matthew 1 to 21. And she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. For he will save their people from their sins. All these names and so much more are so vitally important. But all of these names are attributes of who my Jesus is. All those names. I don't have to remember all those names. You should learn them so that you know who your Jesus is, who your God is. But every one of those names comes under the umbrella of Jesus. Every one of those names comes under the umbrella of the name Jesus. So when you say that name Jesus, you encompass all those names. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the one name, it's the mention of the name of Jesus that every sin is forgiven. It's the mention of every, the name Jesus that chains are broken. It's the mention of the name of Jesus that you realize that God is for you, not against you. It's the mention of the name of Jesus that you realize that he rose, that he died, and that he rose on the cross for you. At the name of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. At the name of Jesus, just as Jesus laid in this manger at the first birth of him, here he is, this infant child, that 33, 32 and a half years later, the process would would continue, that he would die on a cross, but yet that he would not die forever. But he went to take the keys to death, hell, and the grave for you. So that you would realize who you are in Jesus. Because when you become in Jesus and Jesus is in you, that's when life begins to happen in you. That's when you fully realize the potential that's on the inside of you. When you realize who the Jesus is on the inside of you. But today, maybe you're looking at me and you're going, I don't know this Jesus. There's no better Christmas service than to have the opportunity that as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that you begin to celebrate your new birth, your birth into the kingdom, your birth into knowing that Jesus lives on the inside of you. And he's not promised us when he lives on the inside of us that everything's going to be rosy, everything's going to be perfect, that you're not going to have any problems, you're not going to have any struggles, that the things that you've battled with in addiction are going to instantaneously change. They can. They can. Did you hear me? That when you accept Jesus as your Savior, those things can happen. But there are things in your life that you will have to walk out. And you'll have to walk out your entire life. Because you're constantly having to die to yourself. But there's a birth that happens and it explodes on the inside of you. When you engage the supernatural. And you allow Jesus to live on the inside of you. At that moment, at that very moment, everything that Jesus is, all of these names and so much more, move in to the inside of you. 
this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. We're not going to continue any further until we deal with this moment right here. There's no greater celebration than somebody realizing their need for a Savior. This morning, maybe you're here. And you're saying, in this moment, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I don't have a relationship with Him. But what you've talked about this morning, the names of Jesus, the names of God, I want that on the inside of me. I want the power to resist temptation. I want the power to resist temptation in my life and to give others hope around me. But it starts with Jesus living on the inside of you. And maybe this morning you say, I want Jesus in my life today before we do anything else. As a simple act of faith, because we're going to pray a prayer here in a minute. And nobody's looking around, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up and put it right back down. Because when we pray, I want to know that I'm praying with you. That I'm standing in agreement with you. And I want you to know that I'm standing in agreement with you. Because we're going in this thing together. The enemy will not win in your life. I believe it. I declare it in the name of Jesus. He will not win. But this morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, or things have happened in your life, and man, you're just wanting to get right with God again. It's been a long time, a long road. But this morning, you're wanting to get right. I'm going to ask you to take your hand and raise it right up and put it right back down. Is there anybody in here? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see yours. I see yours. Praise God. Anybody else this morning? Jesus is awesome. God, I thank you. Anybody else? Okay. So we're going to pray this prayer now. And I want everybody in the room to repeat this prayer after me. Why? Because after we pray this prayer, we, and I hear the song, we are family. We are family. We are unified as one. And as I pray this prayer, I'm standing with those that raise their hands. And in spirit, you're standing with us as well. Because today, not only was Jesus born, but you were born. We celebrate both today because of what God has done and what God's doing. And 2021 will be your best year. So, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, today... I recognize my need for a Savior. I recognize that you were born. You came to this earth as a human. You took stripes on your back. You died on a cross. But you rose again. And you're forever at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for me. So today, I accept and I receive you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. We honor you today, God. Now, I thank you for the boldness of these that raised their hands. 
I thank you, God, as family, we spiritually stand in the gap for them, Father God. Where the enemy tries to come in and bring darkness, we stand in the gap and say, you have to flee. You can't stay around because Jesus is on the scene and we recognize your authority, we recognize your power, and we recognize that you fully moved in and you fully engaged them from the inside and that supernaturally they have the power to resist the enemy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If those that are serving communion would come forward and go ahead and get ready. This morning, we want to take an opportunity to take and to serve communion to you. So this morning, they will hand you the cracker and they will hand you the juice because of all the things that are going on. But I know that this morning, when you recognize what the power of Jesus did in your life and those that are coming to see Jesus in 2021, because I I believe and there's a roar happening. There is an awakening among the church that's happening. There's a roar in the underground that's becoming outward. It's coming on the outside of the believers. And this nation will rock for Jesus. This nation will proclaim the power of Jesus. When we feel the darkest is when God shines the brightest. When we got nothing else but to depend upon Him. If you will split the room in whatever way, come down the aisle. And go back to your seats. We'll take communion as a family. Go ahead.